Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Guess what? Own Your Everyday is officially out in the world, and it is crazy to think that tens of thousands of you have already read it in just a handful of weeks. If you're multi-passionate, or if you feel like you're a grown-up but still don't know what you want to be when you grow up, or if you're like me and find that you're chasing after something more but also trying to find contentment where you are with what you have, this is the book you need to read this summer. It's available anywhere books are sold, Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, Walmart, and more. Go get it. Hey, hey, sister. If you are a college student or even a grad student, or if you know a college gal or even have a daughter who's a college gal, you're going to want to listen to this episode. In this episode, I am interviewing and just chatting with my friends, Mackenzie and Mackenzie. (laughs) It's pretty easy to remember. And these two gals are entrepreneurs, they're podcasters, they're authors, and they're founders of Delight Ministries, which is an organization that empowers, educates, and provides a community for college women across the United States. It's really, really cool what they're doing. They have chapters on every campus, huge heart for women, and helping women grow in their faith during their college years. I absolutely love what they have been doing over the years and getting to know them just because we both love women and we both love helping women. I really love this conversation with Mackenzie and Mackenzie, and I think you're going to love listening to it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the gals from Delight Ministries. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Mac and Kent, welcome to the She Podcast, friends. Yeah, we're so excited. So, <laughs> so excited. Uh, it's so fun to have you guys. I feel like we've connected so many different times and now to actually like get on the phone and get this recorded and put some good stuff out into the world together is really, really fun. I know. It's so true. I love the fact that we get some uninterrupted time just to chat. Like this is the dream right here. It is the dream. The last time I saw you guys was at my book launch party and that was chaos. And I was so thankful that y'all showed up. I just looked across the room and saw some familiar faces. I was like, thank you, Lord. (laughs) That's the best. We popped by. We were like scheming forever. We were like, okay, we really want to talk to you. We really want to say, hey, we know it's not going to be a long time. And we were scheming. We're like, okay. (laughs) I'm always like the guinea pig. Mac like pushed me out there in the crowd. I was like, okay. You guys are great. Oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. It was such a good night. Seriously. We're so proud of you. You're killing it out there. And we love the fans. Love the Thank you. Thanks, guys. Gosh. 
all the support. It just makes my day. (laughs) But I want to talk about y'all today because I've been doing book stuff a lot and you guys have been so supportive. But I really want to just introduce you to my audience. A lot of them already know who you are, but a lot of them don't. Um, And I, you know, really think that this episode can serve. I mean, I think it's important for any woman to listen to, but I also, you know, really want to encourage my girls who maybe are in college or know someone in college or have a sister in college or, you know, have a daughter in college or going to grad Mm -hmm. school and just that season of life because it's so trans, I guess, transitional. Like there's so much like growth that happens. And that was a huge part of my story and just my faith and even my business. Like all the things that have really made me who I am, a lot of it was like kind of birthed during my college years because I had other women to pour into me. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing through Delight and also just through who you are. Um, So I just really want to kind of dive into some of that. And I want you to be able to share some of the stuff, some of the awesome stuff I think that God is doing through you guys. And it's awesome. I just love it. So I guess the first thing I want to touch on is, well, you're obviously both located in Nashville, which is Mm -hmm. where we've gotten to hang out before. It's great. And a lot of my team is there too. So before we even go into like all the details, all things, delight, college, women, your dreams, your, all the things, um, I'm curious. This is a really, really important question. (laughs) (laughs) What is your coffee shop in the area and what's your go-to drink? Cause that is like the just (laughs) bare foundation of everything (laughs) yeah that's amazing that's such a good question that's such a good question we actually had a conversation with our team this morning at the office about everybody's thoughts on starbucks because we brought (laughs) starbucks in this morning and i was like do any of you guys actually like starbucks (laughs) and one of them was like actually this is not very good (laughs) but we like the agreement was that starbucks is extremely convenient so it's always good in that sense but as far as nashville coffee shops Mm -hmm. we always say the best coffee like if you just like plain black coffee the best coffee is portland brew Yes, it's mm. so low key. You might not even know about it. Because it's like next to Frothy Monkey and everybody goes to Frothy Monkey because yeah. it's like more well known. But the locals go to Portland Brew. Like and the vibe Brew. is weird. It's like weird vibe. Half of it's bright and light and the other half is straight, dark, put up <laughs> curtains. It's like really interesting situation. Yeah. Interesting. But it's so good. Wait, yeah. this yeah. is I my husband is gonna be so pumped because he's like the ultimate I wanna find like the place locals know. Like when he lived yeah. in Pittsburgh yeah. and he was playing with the Steelers, like he found like the local spots. When we were in college, he's mm-hmm. from Phoenix. The guy knew I'm from Indiana and he knew like the breakfast joint that no college student knew about. Like he <laughs> loves that stuff. So yeah, I'm so pumped to hear about that. Cause I've done yes. honest coffee when I'm there, which is in the factory in Franklin. Okay, yeah. Um, which is uh-huh. awesome, okay. and then I've done the fr- the the frothy monkey, but I've never tried Portland Brew, so that's the yes. that's the next next on the list next time I'm there yeah. for work. <laughs> There's so many, and they're all hip and happening. And the only bad thing about Portland Brew is you smell like straight up like coffee, coffee shop. shop. You know, yeah, you smell, smell like coffee. It's shop. really why smelly. is that a bad thing? That's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I well, don't know. It's just a certain smell. Like, honestly, it reminds me of, I used to, in high school, we go to Subway for lunch all the time, and Subway smell <laughs> wow. on your clothes yeah. is, like, the worst. It's mm. the same. And it's situation. kind of a similar smell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to get Max to hang out there more often, because that's where all the local boys are, you know? So, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like always a... on the prowl when I'm there. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <On> the prowl. <laughs> kind of 
kind of got a dual purpose there, huh? Yeah, that too. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh, so good. Okay, wait. So y'all are hanging out at Portland Brews, prowling on all the boys, like building ministries for women, like all the things, all the important things. And I'm curious, Uh like before all this happened, before you guys have been working, I mean, y'all work together now, but how'd you guys meet? Like, what's the backstory? I know you guys have shared it with me briefly, like in bits over coffee, but I want to hear like actually how that happened because I kind of remember, kind of don't. Totally, totally. Okay, so Mac and I met, we're both in McKenzie, obviously. Um, and our freshman year orientation, we were in the um, cafeteria with our moms. And, the, you know, you're like so like awkward and embarrassing at that point because mm-hmm. your mom's with you and you're new to school and you're like, what is even going on? And yeah, and we were standing there in the cafeteria and Mac's mom overheard my mom call me McKenzie and they basically like, forced us to meet and so <laughs> we were like hey yeah. hey yeah my mom loves to take credit she's always like yeah delight happened because of me yeah. and I'm like oh and she's like kind of true yeah she's high key right <laughs> yeah. yeah but anyways um that's where we first thought but we really didn't hang out you know how freshman year is it's so hard to find your people freshman year because mm-hmm. I think there's this like there's this rush to find friends and you almost just hang out with the people around you. And we weren't really like around each other much, um, that first year. And so, um, yeah, and that's a huge part of our story. And the reason why we started delight was just like struggling to find community that first year. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, we ended up like people again, like we're like, you guys need to hang out Belmont. We went to Belmont university in Nashville. It's pretty small. And so everybody kind of knows everybody. And they told us we should hang Mm -hmm. and, we got dinner at this, again, a local spot. It's a local Greek spot. <laughs> We're about the local stuff, I guess. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but um, we went to dinner, and, like, it was over that dinner conversation. It was, like, the first time, I think, all year that we, like, you know those conversations with friends that just, like, pump you up, that, mm-hmm. like, inspire you to, like, grow more, mm-hmm. that challenge you that just like give you so much wisdom and like truth and challenge it was just so so good good right off the bat and so yeah that's like Hmm. the first conversation that we were like okay we need to hang all the time like we could be really good friends and Hmm. we really were intentional like we went our own ways that summer and we like stayed in touch and we knew coming back to school that we were gonna like in a not weird way pursue each other and be friends (laughs) in a not weird way I love it well that's honestly I love that you said that though because I think and this is something I get asked all the time whether it's at a book signing or online or whatever girls are always sharing with me regardless of whether or not they're in college you know some are in the workforce or some are you know in grad school or something else and married whatever and it seems to be a very common pain point finding friendships that edify you that challenge you that build you up that sharpen you that are like-minded um and I think it becomes more and more of a challenge the the older we get as women or just as we grow through these transitional seasons of life and it's like that weird in between where like you're an adult but you're not necessarily like especially in college but I think anytime you're in a a season of transition moving new season whatever it's like there's so much change happening in your life that's growing you that finding others who are also going through their own growth and changes and transitions and then finding like a way to run alongside each other can be so hard. And so yeah. especially in those college years and in those like trans- transitional years, I feel like that's a common pain point for women. Like I really have a hard time finding like-minded friends. And I love what you actually said about like we pursued an intentional friendship. 
And I think sometimes we forget that like we have to own that. Like we have an element of responsibility when it comes to building relationships. Sure, we can't like control or predict how others will respond or receive it. And there is a chance like when you are building relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship or just a friendship, there is always the the chance or the risk that you could be rejected or not accepted or not responded to in the way that you'd want or pursued back or loved as well as you're trying to love. But like, that's not on you. What's on you Mm -hmm. is, are you going to be intentional and take ownership and be intentional about pursuing friendships that you care about? And if those don't seem to pan out, then like, great, try it again. Like life is a series of testing and proving. My mom, my mom always said that. And I think that applies to friendships too. Like I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to find somebody who I can, you know, who I think is either sharpening me or who I enjoy being around. And I'm going to pursue that as a friendship intentionally. And there's nothing weird about that. I think we just feel like it's weird because we can so passively nowadays, quote unquote, build connection on social media or whatever, but it's not true true friendship. And then it's like, no wonder everyone feels lonely, you know? So (laughs) yeah, I am. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say we we love to call it at, like here it's like we talk about the word invitational all the time. Like mm. there's such a huge difference between like when you're planning to hang out with friends. Like there's such a huge difference between sending out a group text and sending an invitation. Mm. Like an invitation is it's kind of over the top. It's an extra step in Mm -hmm. our society today that a lot of people don't do. Mm -hmm. But we kind of like sense this idea of like, what does it look like to approach relationships and friendships with this idea of being invitational, of putting yourself out there, of going the extra step. And you're so right. There's always that risk of rejection. But I know for me, like anytime someone has pursued me in that way, like they've gone out of their way to invite Mm -hmm. me to something or to like hang out with me, I feel so honored. And like, I would I just am so excited to hang out with them because it Mm -hmm. feels real. It's beyond like a mass post on social media. It's Mm -hmm. beyond a mass group text. It's really um, intentional and it matters so much more. And I just don't think we're very good at doing that today. And so we really try, like we've, we've had that in the beginning, since the beginning in our friendship. And we really try to encourage like all the women in delight, like when you're building community, when you're pursuing friendships, like being invitational is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Okay. Major takeaway for all those listening and trying to grow a community in college or transitional seasons of life, be invitational, not just intentional with, you know, I I think invitational is a added level to intentionality. It like takes it to the next step. So (laughs) you got to own that. Okay. I love that. Okay. So then y'all said you returned back to school in the fall and from what I remember y'all telling me, you started a Bible study together, right? Yes, okay. we did. That's what I thought. So <laughs> what was it that, like, when I was in college, I remember starting one in my sorority, and I felt like such a weirdo, um, but I love that y'all did it together. So I'm curious, like, what was it that you were feeling or felt like you were lacking that made you decide to want to begin one and try to pursue yeah. that? Totally. Um, wow. There is, like, multiple multiple reasons, I feel like. First mm-hmm. of all, like we were just saying, like, our freshman year was hard, like, um, not only was it lonely, like there were parts of it that were lonely because I feel like if we're not with, um, friends that are really like filling our cup or ones that we really want to be with and love to hang out with, we often like still feel kind of lonely. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think that's what our freshman year looked like. Like we were hanging out with people that were probably making different decisions than we would. And, um, you know, when you're hanging around the wrong crowd, you easily start to put your faith on the back burner. Um, just because you're like 
simply not talking about it mm. day in and day out. And so it becomes less of like a part of who you are and you have to like hold the responsibility just on your own, which is hard. And I think we felt the weight of that that first year. Mm. And so we wanted to create a space that, um, you know, you could meet your best friends in. And that was a space that we're like, we brought all these like-minded people together on campus in one place and just to be able to intentionally invest in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think there's something super special about meeting once a week, like mm-hmm. together, because like we were talking about before those, that conversation Mac and I had over dinner was so inspiring. It like, it launched us to like pursue our faith deeper. And so if you have that place, you can go once a week to have this inspiring conversation. You're going to pursue Jesus so much deeper mm-hmm. and fuller. And we wanted to create a space on campus that encouraged people to do the same. Um, so yeah, we also just wanted a safe space too. I think mm-hmm. in college you walk through so many heavy things and, mm-hmm. um, probably now more than ever, honestly, too, just like the heavy like thoughts we have, negative thoughts about ourselves, comparison, like just things we struggle hard with. And to be able to have a space where we can like actually just be honest about stuff. And um, we wanted to be intentional about talking about those hard things. And not only does that like break those walls down um, and get rid of those negative thoughts and those heavy things and we can all carry it together but it also creates a space of accountability it creates a space of prayer um and just like freedom and pursuing jesus so yes lots of things lots of reasons there's a beautiful thing at first mm-hmm. it's awesome so yeah. good i think that's probably part of the reason we all get along so well because <laughs> i mean seriously it's like i think we have yeah. very common vision of like i think what strikes me about what you said about that initial just starting it for yourselves that was for me it was like I felt like and I don't know if you felt like this on campus but college is this weird place where you can feel like you have to pick like okay I either need to be like real and relatable and like do all the things everyone's doing and then like I might not even like doing that it might not even align with my values and beliefs but then there's that pressure or I felt like the only other option was like really stiff uptight like church groups and I'm like I want to talk about real stuff. Like I need to be able to struggle, you know, and (laughs) not have to be like this perfect polished human being. I need to come in and like be welcomed. And so that was a big thing. I felt like it was like you kind of had either or and to some degree that's Mm. true. But I think what I love about what you're sharing is like this is a safe place to come in broken, messy, struggling, a mess, like totally unsure of where you even stand and just like be loved and be understood and not feel like you have to have your life all together because my whole perception going into college was that like faith was for the perfect people (laughs) um and so that made me want to run as far as away far away as I could my freshman year and then by the end of my freshman year I was like this is not life-giving either so now what and I think building like genuine community um like what you were explaining and I think really what y'all have created which I want to talk about in a second I think that is so surprising for people like having a place that isn't about like the stiff like did you check this box did you check that box are you this religious you know Um, I think there's a lot of that perception and so kind of breaking that mold and creating something that doesn't feel like school but really feels like a sisterhood and feels like a safe place is refreshing especially on a campus where you're constantly trying to prove yourself in the classroom or in your social circles or everywhere else seemingly you know to boys like literally everywhere Um, I think that's what's so powerful about starting a group like that but 
also mm. because that's so unique and so powerful it's also pretty difficult I know it can be I've had I remember having struggles with people not showing up or people thinking I'm weird because I called it a bible study and you know things like that mm-hmm. especially at a big public university so I'm curious like for someone who might be listening who wants to start you know a small group or a bible study or even just like a team around a cause they love like any of those kind of things but specifically like someone who wants to start something like that on their campus or in their community wherever they are um I know it can be hard with you know a getting people to show up and to show up consistently and getting buy-in and feeling confident in doing that and so I'm just curious if you have any advice for a girl or a woman who wants to try to do the same thing within her organization yeah definitely definitely um I think the first thing and we already mentioned it is that idea of being invitational that is so important like there's something to be said of more as much as we love social media and like we love cute graphics and we love posters (laughs) we love cute graphics yeah we love that (laughs) we love all that but what is so important is that straight up one-on-one in person let me look you in the face and invite you to come and to be a part of this Mm -hmm. like that makes all the difference in yeah. yeah. And you don't often do it because it's a little scary. Like, it's, yeah, it's kind of silly that it's scary, honestly, just because like, I don't know why we should be really afraid of it. But it is it is like mm. totally intimidating. But you have to like, just be brave and have courage and reach out to people who seem scary or unapproachable, because mm. they're gonna love they're gonna love that invitation. Mm. Yeah, I think it's so important. And it's so simple. And it's kind of back to the basics. But we're really big believers in that. Um, and then the second thing is truly consistency. Like, I think we can all admit we have all started something, been so gung-ho about it for about three <laughs> weeks. Like, we buy the t-shirt, we're all in, and then, like... <laughs> the t-shirt know, and, and the graphics, all yeah, of it. <laughs> and, yeah, and then, like, we suddenly the excitement and the glamour of it wears mm-hmm. off, and so we just kind of put it to the back burner, and it becomes another thing that we've, like, halfway stepped into, but... We really believe if you as like kind of the facilitator or the leader or the person trying to create community, even if it's just a friendship with one person, if you consistently show up, even when other people don't, pretty soon people will start like buying into it. People will start showing up too and start making it a consistent thing too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that feels really uncomfortable for us. Like there are a million and one options out there for us always, Mm -hmm. but there's something to be said about like really putting all your focus in one thing and just being consistent with it. And Mm -hmm. I know for us in Delight, like we started our sophomore year and uh, you know, end of senior year, Ken's are still like, the first ones there, the last ones to leave, pushing like heavy couches around, like <laughs> doing the grunt work, doing all those things. But it's so cool because, you know, we consistently showed up for three years in college. And then it's so cool that today, Delight at Belmont is still happening four years later. Yeah. Like building a foundation of consistency will even go beyond your legacy. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a, a legacy that can continue on and on. And to think that like, that consistency yeah. that we showed up for for three years in college is still having an impact on women today. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. I just, it's, it's a fun thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think the third thing too, um, that really makes for an impactful community specifically, like if you mm-hmm. want one that's going to like change a little part of the world, I think you got to think of like diversity too. Like think about mm-hmm. people that are out of your comfort zone. I think often, especially in like, 
this like Christian circle in world church world. Like we get really comfortable hanging out with the same type of people, the people yeah. that are just like us, the people that like look like us, that think like us, that believe like us. And I think it'd be really impactful if people, of course there's like, of course there's the friends that you just jive with, that you vibe with. And like, I love that those friendships like need to be in place in your life, but if you want to create a really impactful community even beyond that. You've got to think of people that are, are different from you. Um, you got to create a diverse community. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. I love that you said that because I think that is, it can be such an issue for sure. Like it can mm-hmm. be something that we just, it's not even like we're intentionally trying to avoid diversity. I think it's just something like yeah. we get comfortable, like you said, and, you know inviting like the one that you like one big thing that was huge for me when I was doing this um on a campus specifically but even just learning how to implement that in different seasons of life now um it was so huge for me when I would like take a risk and ask someone that I like assumed would never like literally someone who I knew had completely different beliefs and someone who I was like this is the last person on earth who would show up like those people came I was like wait a second what and they didn't necessarily stay forever but like they came and they often gave great feedback of like this was actually really awesome like I actually really enjoyed the conversation and I learned a lot like it surprised it surprised me honestly when I took those risks after I got a little bit of courage and Mm. I'm so glad you brought that up and I think I want to add like one other thing that you touched on but I think could go even further where you said like pushing couches together and doing the grunt work like a Mm -hmm. first of all props to you for just taking ownership and showing up consistently because that's literally what living a purposeful life is and that's like my whole thing I think we forget Mm. just our need to take ownership in our faith in our communities and showing up um yeah but I think alongside that like I think what made you got what you guys did so powerful just because I know a little bit of your story and also what I saw really work for me was when I lowered myself and what I mean by that is I had to like the first time I tried this whole idea of like leading a small group or whatever I was like playing the teacher role and expecting everyone to be like the student I was like trying I took the leadership thing like far too I took it the wrong direction like I took Mm -hmm. it like oh I'm leading this group so I must facilitate and I must and to a degree there is an element of like ownership and leadership but it was like when I switched my mindset like no one responded to that very well we didn't have very good conversation it was super stiff like we're looking at me like dude like you're our friend why are you acting like this you know um Mm-hmm. And so I think taking that pressure of the word leader off <laughs> is so yeah. powerful. And when I actually, I took a break and then a couple months later I went back and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to like call this something fancy. I was like, Hey y'all, like if you want to come hang out in my room every Monday night, we're going to hang like in your pajamas, bring a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever. And we're just going to chill. We're going to talk about faith, life and grow together. Like, and you're welcome to come. Yeah. And then I really made it much more conversational and less like I'm facilitating question answer, you know, and mm. even that really came from taking the pressure off and creating a more casual welcoming environment and that began with me like it starts with showing Mm -hmm. up but then it's like don't try to show off when you show up and I think that can be the hard thing because of the pressure we feel when we want it to be successful I don't know if you ever experienced that but I think what you just said like the servant leadership of yes we're the ones showing up and pushing couches together and then we're just sitting there and loving them and welcoming people in and letting them lead like empowering them to ask questions like letting conversation flow without feeling like we have to keep the guardrails on you know like (laughs) I think that's what makes something truly organic and powerful too 
Yeah, I think that's so good. I was I read this book one time. I honestly don't remember what book it was, but it was talking about how so many of us, because of our insecurities or maybe places that we don't feel good enough, we try to to make ourselves bigger to like fill yeah. that space. And so we walk into a room and we think, okay, I need to take up so much space in this room. Like everybody needs to know I'm here. Everybody needs to know I'm awesome and mm-hmm. important and that I bring value. That to I know people. what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, but what happens is when you take up more space, you do two things. You leave less room for other people and you leave less room for Jesus. And I think about if you walk into a room and you think more Mm -hmm. along the lines of how can I make myself smaller and not in the sense of like, you know, hate on yourself, but how can you like take up less space in the room to allow others to take up more space and to really allow room for Jesus to take up space in that room. And so I love what you said about like leading a group like, you're really just there to like make it happen. You're just there to be like, we're doing this. And then when it's the most organic and best, like when God shows up, when you like, despite your insecurities and Mm -hmm. despite how you aren't the best leader and you Mm -hmm. aren't the best facilitator, how God shows up anyways. And those are like the moments from like my time in delight that I remember most. And I know talking to so many of our delight leaders, it's the same for them. They're like the moment when I had two minutes to repair and like, I thought it was going to go awful, but then God showed up in huge ways. So yeah, I think we often like, we often forget what other people have to offer too. In these sort of settings, we like, I don't know, like if we come, we're all high and mighty, maybe even accidentally, we don't recognize this little bit of pride, maybe because it was just our idea to start something, or like it was our idea, so like I have everything to offer, and like I get where that comes from, and I've been in that place too, but I think that we have to, yeah, make it lower ourselves and just realize like, yeah, you obviously have something to offer, and like God called you to, to start this group or to do this thing, but like everybody has something to offer and acknowledging what other people have to offer is going to bring, bring like such a sweet community of ownership of mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. of difference. It's like, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I am here yeah. for it. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> curious. I don't want to switch gears too much, but I think this is really a big part of the story and I'm curious about it. Tell me about the moment that you decided it was time to take the study that you started on your own campus to one that could be scaled and replicated on campuses around the nation because to like see that you guys did this thing and then now you're like it's literally like everywhere I feel like every time I go speak on a campus in the last (laughs) five years of my life people are like oh like yeah we're from delight I'm like oh I know them and they're like what (laughs) they can't they cannot believe we're like friends it's hilarious um (laughs) but I think it's really cool that like I love that you guys talked in the beginning you mentioned something about leaving a legacy and I think this is Mm -hmm. so huge because I'm all about dreaming, you know, but I think the only hard part about if you stop at dreaming, I think sometimes we can make dreams all about us and there's nothing wrong with having big dreams for yourself. Like I truly believe God created us to do great things and we need to own that and believe that. But the problem is I think sometimes we stop there and we forget about what outlasts us and what outlives us. Like even when I was writing this book that I recently released, I remember feeling like this is one thing that I've created that will literally outlive me. Like it's, it's cool. like what's a legacy in your life it's it's the groups in the community that you create and then the empowerment that you give to others to then continue that long after you leave a certain place it's a book it's your children it's these different things that are really legacy leavers beyond just your own dreams or accomplishments and I think that's super powerful we don't talk about legacy enough and so all that to say I'm just curious like what made you decide that this needed to be something bigger than just what you guys had made yeah, definitely. And it's funny you say that. I remember a conversation with our mentor in college. We were like, had just started Delight at 
Belmont and like we were so loving it so excited and happy and we walked into our mentor's office and she was like so what's gonna happen when you guys leave and we were like <laughs> like deflated balloons like what <laughs> we're like, it's pretty leave? awesome now yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we were like what no way never like that seems so far off but it's funny how it comes so quickly and mm-hmm. so I love that idea of thinking through that lens that mindset and so for us we went home after our sophomore year of college to like had just started on our campus. It had kind of like blown up in that first year and like was way bigger than a Bible study. And we went home and just started telling friends about it, like friends from high school, you know, friends that from camps or just different places that we connect with people. And so many people saying like, Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I wish we had that on our campus. Mm. And I was just kind of going, wow, like, yeah, maybe there are other college women on other college campuses who really need this too. And for Mm -hmm. some reason, we thought we're going to do it. Like, we really (laughs) had no moment of hesitation, like, where we were like, we couldn't do it. We were like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. (laughs) No problem. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know why it's so funny to think back on that, because I feel like so many times now I let fear stand in the way, but this was just like one of those moments where it seemed like the right next step. I think it was just such a God thing. And so Hmm. we spent the whole summer kind of dreaming and praying and envisioning what it could look like to start the lights on other campuses. It started so small, such like in shambles honestly at first like I can't even believe it worked kind of but we started (laughs) on a couple more universities that fall and then all the way through college just continued like any free moment we had was spent like working on delight working on curriculum um, talking to potential leaders and so by the time we graduated from college we had probably like 25 universities somewhere around that and then over the last several years it's just continued to grow and grow Um, and so we have over a hundred chapters now on college campuses across the country. And what's crazy is that like, there's just women every single day who we find so badly want community on their campus. They want Christ in their community. They want that spot. And women are saying like, okay, I'm going to be the person to like leave a legacy on my campus to create this mm-hmm. for, you know, the, my community now, but something that can be lasting and can continue on even when I leave my university. Mm-hmm. And so it's been crazy because not only have like we gotten to to see that happen at our university, but now we're we're getting to kind of like be so many other uh, just young women's cheerleaders who are doing the same thing. And it's like the coolest mm-hmm. job ever. I love it. It never gets old, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, every every campus and every leader is so different that I think there's this like you almost are like coaching women to create community centered in their mm-hmm. faith and centered in the Lord. And that is not an easy job, like especially because so many people like people connect with people differently. Right. So there's what might work for somebody starting a chapter and like inviting people might not work for someone else. And so learning how to provide them with different tools and give them like the steps they need and the materials that they need to succeed is a process and it's not like a one size fits all like here's your thing it's like there's I think what's so cool about what y'all have done is like it's so personal yet you have a system and that is so hard to do for me I'm so personal that I really struggle with systems like my husband made our first spreadsheet a couple weeks ago and I'm like (laughs) what is this like what is this this is Russian like I do not speak this language um but well I'm impressed you made it this long without a spreadsheet (laughs) that's what everyone has said they're like what have you been doing I'm like thank you Jesus I have no idea um no I mean like and that's the thing like I'm 
I'm very strategic in some ways, but when it comes to like systemizing, it like feels constricting to me. So I think there's Mm -hmm. this very careful balance when you are building communities, when you're creating, like you have to have a framework, you need to have a method, you need to have some sort of default system that helps you implement effectively without losing that kind of personal touch and or coaching element. Like you said, cheerleading other women, like when you just completely disconnect from that, it's not as effective as as effective as if you were doing that. And on the flip side, if all you're doing is cheerleading, you're not providing any true frameworks, it can also be a little bit ineffective. And so I think Mm -hmm, you guys have really found that over the years, you know, I I think we all start pretty scrappy, right? With whatever we're dreaming or doing, (laughs) but um, to see that you've really created that and created somewhat of a toolkit as well as like some personal cheerleading per se, you know, through the, through the communities that you've built on campuses is so huge. And I think that's amazing. And I'm curious kind of thinking on that, What's a couple or what's one or two tangible steps that you took to kind of make that leap to really start putting chapters on other campuses? Like, I think when we hear that, especially from a listener's viewpoint, they might be like, how'd you just magically get a chapter on another campus? Like, <laughs> what, what was, so what was a tangible, maybe one or two steps to make that leap and start doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I know it wasn't as we make it sound like it was a whirlwind. Right now, looking back, we're like, well, how did that happen? Yeah, you do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were really intentional about it at the very beginning. Um, and yeah, I think there's a couple of things to be noted in the process of starting to light. One that comes to my mind first, and I hope this answers your question, but I think will be helpful to anybody listening who wants to start something. And that's just like um, your commitment to the thing you're wanting to start. Um, It was something Mac and I, I specifically remember there's one moment we are senior, we lived together at the time. People still ask if we live together. And I'm like, absolutely not. We live <laughs> together all the time. So don't assume we do. But we um, were at the time and um, we had a conversation. It was like, uh, we set this time in place. We were like, okay, we're going to meet together at the dinner table and talk about our commitment to delight. So this time, it was our senior year. We could have easily done both very different things, mm-hmm. gone off and did other uh, projects and dreams and stuff like that, because we still had other dreams and other ideas for our life. But um, we had this intentional conversation at that table where we asked each other, we were like, are you all in this? Like, are you 100% in? Um, like, do you want to spend <laughs> your time, everything doing this? Is like, is that what you're going to do? And she asked me the same. And it was a really cool conversation conversation of just mm. knowing equally that we were both like a hundred percent in um people don't say this often but we like really think that in order to pursue to see this dream happen you have to put all of your eggs in mm. one basket mm-hmm. like you've got to go all in like a hundred percent like all the little side projects the other little dreams mm-hmm. these other little things that you kind of like have going on like kind of need to stop in a sense Mm -hmm. and you need to put everything in this Mm -hmm. one place um and at the time that was of course it's in a worldly view that's hard but in a godly view and our because of the calling we felt really strongly on our lives like it was actually just a step of obedience that Mm -hmm. I think we were both called to and everybody's called to like if God has a calling on your life that means like stopping other things and focusing on this one and going all in Um, Mm and it sounds risky and scary and it sounds like you're abandoning other things but it's actually that you're just like putting all of your attention to one thing that's going to change and impact the world around you so that was like one conversation I know that really changed a lot for us that is so good I I just want to like acknowledge that because that is like such a way of taking ownership too when you 
you know, feel that tug, even though like, I'm sure you didn't have a super clear plan or like full clarity. It was just something you were like, I know this is important to my heart and that's not an accident. Like I know the Lord put it there. And so I'm yeah. going to have to run after. I mean, as someone who's very multi-passionate, that's sometimes hard for me. Cause I always struggle with like, okay, but like, I don't want to give up everything else. But I had to remember, at least for me, like life comes in phases, right? You might not do delight yeah. till you're 89 years old. You might end up passing <laughs> it on and you might go separate directions in 10 years. Like who knows? Right. And yeah. I think there's freedom in that, but in that space and in that season, when you have that conversation, the obedience to say, this is the phase and this is the season of life that I need like to be full in and committed. Like I felt that surrounding this book and everything that's going to go around the book. Like the Lord gave me this very clear picture of like, you've dabbled in so many things and you're trying to hold 15 ships afloat. And I'm asking you to give your all to not only this project, but what's going to come around this project and Mm -hmm. that you can't be distracted. And so this summer, at least for us is very focused on what supports this very clearly and creates a very like allows me to be be all in like I think I remember right before we got on the like before we started recording I said something like you know it kind of feels like I've run through the finish line but then the finish line has moved meaning yeah like you get through one milestone of like okay the book's launched but that doesn't mean I just get to like wash my hands of it and go on to the next thing it's like <laughs> right now the Lord's been mm-hmm. asking me to like zero in steward like and put all my eggs in this basket and not try to like have 15 other things running. And I have to, mm-hmm. I think what's hard about that. And maybe you guys have experienced this too, is like that comes at a cost. Like it comes at the yeah. cost of maybe other financial opportunities you might have for a short season. Like my friend and I were talking about sometimes you have to make less to do more like for the mm, season. Good. And so sometimes you have to scale back like a slingshot, like, okay, you know, and in other words, um, another thing too is like, it also comes at the cost of other people's opinions. Like, There might be people who don't Mm -hmm. like that you are choosing to set something down or not pursue a certain path or they don't understand it or they question your faith or they question your heart or they question your motives. And like, that's so scary. Um, And so learning to navigate through that and be obedient anyway, even if it seems counterintuitive or like it doesn't even make sense aligned with what other people think um, is I think where we really ultimately can thrive and see legacy and dreams come to pass. But taking that risk is... I think ultimately what holds so many of us back sometimes from really zeroing in and focusing and being willing to give our all to something. Um, That doesn't mean we can't have other somethings down the road, but I think we can really struggle to be focused and to actually like calm all the noise, (laughs) especially when we're multi-passionate and love people and love creativity and love things. Yes. So true. true. I literally remember my senior year, I had I was like queen of being over involved and I had my hand in a million different things. And I literally like at the beginning of senior year and we had this conversation, I straight up had to quit. I had to go in and like hand in my resignation to like 10 things. Mm-hmm. And it felt so weird. Cause I was like, what if this all fails? But it's been so cool on the other side of it. And then another thing that I was thinking, I was actually thinking about this today. I'm like, okay, what really, what really has like made a difference? And as we kind of like scale delight, and the other thing I was thinking is I kept, especially in college, kept waiting for the moment when I feel like I had arrived, mm-hmm. when I felt like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm like good at this. I got this down. Like, And here I am, you know, seven years into delight and I'm still waiting for that moment. Yep. <laughs> like literally last night, I uh, we're, do- we're doing some- we the summer series and we're doing summer groups and I decided to lead a summer group here in Nashville and uh, last night I'm getting ready for my summer group and like you would think I would be the most confident person ever when it comes to leading a women's Bible study. Like you think I would just never think <laughs> twice about it. 
but I was seriously sitting there having to like pray and be like, Lord, I need you to give me confidence right now. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't feel like equipped to do this in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to be said of realizing that you're, you'll never <laughs> make this moment where you feel like mm-hmm. you've arrived and you are the perfect person for the job. But there's something to be said about trusting that God has placed you in specific places for a reason. And we, yeah. And we honor him by like owning those things, like Mm -hmm. own your everyday. We honor him (laughs) by like owning it and stepping into it and like being like, yeah, I'm here for a reason. I'm the Mm -hmm. person doing this for a reason and um, not letting kind of fear get in the way that whole thing of like, do it scared, like do it anyways. And I think that kind of knowing that you'll never have that moment where you go, wow, I've arrived. I'm here. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know. Struggle again. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think um, showing up anyway is like, that's why, I mean, I love that you just mentioned like that ownership piece. I love getting to touch on this more and more because it's so funny because when I first titled my book, what you just mentioned, you just brought it up. So that's why I say it. You know, I didn't think like, oh, I need to do everything about taking ownership. But what, because it sounded so like, I don't know, it sounded so intense. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. like the idea of taking ownership anyway. And like, but that's the thing. Part of taking ownership is also owning your insecurities. And it's Mm, it's being like, I actually think taking ownership requires humility. I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, Extreme Ownership, but my husband's been reading it. It's by uh, ex-Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink. And he basically says like, look, if your team messes up, you take ownership for it. If like, Mm -hmm. and even if it's not your fault, like this element of like this idea of fully taking ownership when you like, I am identifying that I don't feel confident. And instead of trying to front and act like I know what I'm doing, I need to like get before God and be like, hey, I need your help. Um, I need Mm -hmm. to own that, that I'm not like the end all be all, or I need to own that I'm not the perfect person for the job and then show up anyway, because I've been asked to and I'm here. So I think there's like, it it can sound intense and it can sound overwhelming, but I think that's actually how you break through the pressure to pretend you have it all together and really actually make an impact. Because sometimes I think when we pretend we know, we don't have nearly the effects we could if we just showed up and we're like, hey, I'm with you. You know, like I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. showing up anyway and I'm with you and I'm struggling too. Um, there's power in that. And I think that's what really can move the needle sometimes when we're honest with ourselves. So yeah, so good. I'm sure. So glad you okay. shared that. So, so yeah. good. Um, okay. I want to switch gears for just a sec because there's one last thing I want to touch on that I think is super relevant as we're talking about community and relationships. I think every woman desires to be understood, to be heard, to be loved, to be accepted. Like that's, I think why community is so powerful and so desired, but also so hard. Um, and so I think kind of piggybacking off of that, I know you have a dating personality quiz on your website <laughs> and I feel like that's the other I element. Where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the other element of like this desire to have community. We desire yeah. love, we desire relationship. And that's why I think in addition to, ze- to desiring community with other women who get us, we also desire like love from a man, a lot of us. And so I'm mm-hmm. curious, yeah. like, Tell me about this dating personality website. Like, what's up with that? I'm curious. Yeah, well, and I think what we had found is we have been, you know, in the in the trenches of women's community for years now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we had shied away from wanting to talk about dating in like a Bible study setting for so long. Like we straight up in our books have never included stories about heartbreak or dating because we found like we as women aren't always very good at talking about it in settings and not letting comparison seep in and not letting like false expectations set in. And 
eventually realized we kind of created a gap within our ministry because this is obviously something on girls' hearts and like something we desire and something that like we need help with, like we need guidance with. And so we thought, how cool would it be to come up with some sort of like almost language around dating and relationships that's really healthy and really um, points back to Jesus at the end of the day. And we all like obviously are obsessed with personality quizzes. We all know our Enneagrams <laughs> and all the things. And we thought it'd be kind of fun to do something similar. So we came up with this dating personality quiz. And there are six types that helps you figure out how do you approach dating and relationships. And what we found is oftentimes how you approach dating and relationships can often be a mirror for how you approach intimacy with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we have learned so much from it. Nobody has been more like shooketh by it all than us, <laughs> honestly. <Shook it. laughs> that's great. And that's like been the funniest part is that I, actually literally Ken said to me a couple hours ago, I do that because I'm a flirt. Uh, yeah, flirt it's like an everyday conversation <laughs> yeah. that I incorporated our types into. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, I love that. I love that y'all are talking about that because I think it is such a relevant thing for women, for young yeah. women um, and such a pain point too. And I think it's it like all goes together. Like it's all mm -hmm. relational. And so I think, and I love that you have a thing that actually gives you some sort of like measurable or like a way to understand yourself more and yeah. to understand that whole like dating scene dynamic, especially in like our crazy dating world. I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like, I don't even understand what's going on in the dating world. I'm like, I feel like an old married woman now. It's so funny, but um, it's like That's hearing hilarious. that from my audience and from my girls, I'm like, dang, like that is hard. So I love that you're stepping yeah. into that and stewarding that a little bit. And I think alongside that, I'm just curious, like apart from dating, what do you see as one of the biggest struggles for college or like young women right now? Yeah, for sure. No, <laughs> dating probably is one of them. It's hard. <laughs> my desire. Um, <laughs> But the, the bigger picture. The bigger picture, yeah. Um, no, for sure. I think one of the things right now, I think, in our world and culture is that there are so many things that um, grab our attention. There's so many things we look to for affirmation or listen to to feel better about ourselves or to feel more than or less than, whether it's through social media or whatever it is, I think often there's just so many things that are distracting us to tell us who we are and affirm us rather than looking to the Lord who like obviously knows that about us already and um, can tell us, shower us in love and truth and mm -hmm. confidence um, just directly at his feet. Um, but there's so many things standing in the way that are easy, quick, um, things that will satisfy us or affirm us. And it's such a dangerous thing to get into because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, if we're looking to things in this world or through social media, we're constantly going to be comparing. We're constantly going to be in a negative mindset about who we are. Um, and yeah, we've tried to like really for with delight as a college women's ministry, we're really trying to create this space on college campuses that wipes away all of those things. If you get rid of all of those distractions and can go to like directly to the feet of Jesus, because you're going to find so much more truth, so much more confidence right there mm -hmm. with him. Yeah, I think that there's like something to be said in our world today. Like we are able to get attention. We're able to get affirmation at like a moment's notice. Mm -hmm. I seriously the other day had the realization those screen reports that you get of how much screen time you spent, they come in at the perfect time. They all, Mine always comes Sunday mornings while I'm at church. And I <laughs> literally get them like during church. And like I'll get my phone after the after like 
I get done with church, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's depressing. And I kind of finally had this realization where I went, oh my goodness, like I spend, you know, five hours a day, like looking for attention and affirmation Mm -hmm. from the place that like, is never going to give it to me ultimately. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think college women, women in their twenties, women, I don't know if it ever stops, but I think that like all of us have to get really good about kind of hard truthing ourselves and saying like, where am I getting my value? Where am I getting my affirmation? Mm -hmm. Um, and like, how can I take that back to the Lord? And sometimes it's cutting hard things out of our lives. It's all sorts of things. But I think that's something that we, we see college women facing so much today. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, we talk about it all the time. College right now is so hard. And I don't want to like be like, Oh my gosh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Everything's bad because it's not, I think we have to speak positively about it and we have to revert like those negative things that people say about the younger generation or whatever but the truth is is like it is hard and honestly a lot of it just simply strives from social media it's been interesting back and I actually last um couple months have taken a break of social media we are for like four months and there has been so many things that have like surfaced in our lives and in our hearts and about ourselves it's been like a rebuilding of who we are and the areas in our life that we're just filling with social media instead but really feel mm-hmm. empty and and, and yeah. it's funny too we were never the girls that were like we're obsessed with social media we we always yeah. like i think thought we had a healthy relationship with it yeah but once you kind of cut it out you're like whoa i got yeah. some work to do it's <laughs> yeah, crazy because so, yeah. it's like i totally hear what you're saying because i think it's weird like social media can be a place where we learn things and where we can grow yeah. but i think in yeah. so many ways it's also a way to stunt growth like without even meaning to oh, like it's something we kind of yes. turn to when we don't want to face something or we don't want to have yes. to make a hard decision or we're bored and we're not like yeah. i experience my best growth when i'm bored like or when i'm doing mindless activities yeah. that, like this sounds so silly, but I had one of my best ideas when I was painting my chicken coop. Like, silly things like that, but, like, when you're doing things that allow your imagination to wander, it, like, it's yes. crazy. So yeah. I totally get that, and I think that's so powerful. That's why, like, I try to do as regularly as possible. Like, I think throughout my book lunch is a little bit challenging, but something that I try to do consistently is actually take a 24-hour period every single week off of, like, social media, off of devices. It's really good. Because then yeah. it becomes, like, at least what I found, sometimes there are times where you have to take, like, a long break right um yeah but it also is hard when it's like part of what your your work is and so it's like how do you uh-huh. do that when it is part of like your social life or your work or whatever um yeah. and so one thing that I found was like if I can consistently create that like cycle where I actually get like a full break and not like a oh I took mm. an hour off you know whatever like I yeah, found yeah. that so I good. actually am able to like reset every week and that's so helpful for me there's been times I've taken two weeks or a month or whatever, and those are also really powerful. But then I always get so overwhelmed yeah. when I come back. It's like oh, a yeah. rush, and I feel uh. like I'm in a black hole of, like, catching up, you know? So as yeah. much as I can, like, creating those regularities and those, like, cycles really help me kind of reset. So I love that mm. you're doing that. I think that's so huge. Okay, before yeah. we go, I want to ask one last question. <laughs> um, okay. If you were to have one or two sentences on a billboard right now in Nashville or really any city where young women are – what words would you choose to put up there to encourage women in their season right now? Oh my wow. gosh. That is the best question I've heard in a long time. <laughs> wow. Um, I also love that you didn't give us time to prep on that one. No, it's okay. <laughs> we got this. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We actually had this ongoing thing during interviews that Mac is always the first one to answer a surprise question. So I'm just not good on my toes, you know? <laughs> and so she's going to take it away. <laughs> Go ahead. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so if we could put one one to two sentences on a billboard specifically for college women. Oh. This is hard, Jordan. I'm okay. sorry, I just threw it at you. No, but I love it. I like the high pressure situation. Okay, I will say. You got it? Yes, I'll speak for the both of us. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. Well, this isn't very original. It's the most not original saying that I could come up with. I'm taking it from the best brand out there, Nike, that says, just do it. <laughs> That's perfect. And I kind of, I love it because I actually think of that saying quite often. I think, and it's kind of incorporates everything we've talked about, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just like, of yeah, of just doing it anyways, even when you don't feel equipped to do it, even when it sounds fearful even when you have to give up a ton of other things when it feels scary when it means Mm -hmm. changing up your life your Mm -hmm. circumstances maybe it has to do with friendships and building community and friends like just do it like do it yourself take ownership of it um it's a really truthful statement I really do think um Mm -hmm. just do it that's so powerful and I you know what's funny okay I can relate to this here's why when my husband was trying to get into the NFL we all my mom made us all (laughs) t-shirts because our last name is Dooley and so she made us just Dooley at t-shirts oh that's cute and so that's kind of been like a life mantra for us like anytime we've taken like a risk or a step of faith like when he left his job to like work with me and build a business with me and build a ministry and a life in a way that was like allowing us to travel and do the things we needed to do that was scary we were like oh my gosh like what if this fails what if we can't eat next month like what if what if what if and we finally got to a point yeah. where we're like we just kind of have to do it and so we've just kind of like put our yeah. name on it and we're like just julia <laughs> so i just love it julia. i love it wow good yes well that was such a good question i'm like thanks for answering for us kent i really appreciate it. <laughs> you came through this time yeah I'm <laughs> okay one last thing that's unrelated to like specifically college women and delight just like for you guys personally i want to know from each of you how do each of you own your everyday mm, how do you own your everyday what's like one yeah. daily discipline one simple thing that you do to really take ownership of your life your faith your work your relationships yeah. whatever okay mm. this is so simple but Ken, she, Ken told you that we're on this social media fast and, um, I'm fasting from like all things that I use as numbers or things that like, I just use to turn off my brain and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like really do activities that actually allow me to engage my brain, but Mm -hmm. maybe in ways that I don't have the pressure that, Mm -hmm. you know, work does or other situations. And so I'm owning my everyday by taking my dog on an hour walk every single day so simple Hmm. but it's literally I found that I seriously I don't bring my phone I don't bring headphones I'm not even doing podcasts I'm literally just going for the walk and it's been really cool because like five minutes in I'm like ready to reach for my phone and I'm like no this is a great time for me to think for me to think about nothing for me to pray Mm -hmm. like whatever it is and it's been really awesome and it's so simple. So that's what this summer I'm owning my everyday by walking with my dog. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. I think for mine, um, um, I would say to not let, don't waste time. Hmm. Um, I, if anybody knows me personally, they probably think I'm pretty crazy because I always have plans, always doing things, running mm-hmm. around. Like it might look like my, uh, what do they say? The chicken with their head cut off? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really true. I think from the outside perspective, it might look like that. But I actually just like really don't let time go by. Um, I really mm-hmm. try to like so not waste time and be intentional with either that's reaching out in advance with a friend to grab coffee or... Um, whatever it is, morning, 
stuff. Like you can fit it all in if you're intentional with it and if you don't waste your time. And so, yeah, I think owning every day for me looks like, yeah, not letting time go by wasted. Hmm. Yeah. So good. I love both those things. So thankful for both of you and just the work that you're doing and the way that you are just empowering women to step into community, to own their story, to own, you know, their callings and take ownership of their insecurities and love other women and build communities where it's uncomfortable to take risks and to just do it. I absolutely love it and even love the ways that you are owning your everyday. So thank you guys for being on the She podcast. Thank you for just blessing my community and all these gals with wisdom with implementable steps with encouragement and with inspiration and with truth we love you guys i'd love to hear from you it makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show so if you're on instagram let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story tag me at jordan lee dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content, and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.